Hey, Explorers, before we start the show, I just wanted to let you know, if you are a Super Where This Smoke fan, if you've ever thought to yourself, man, it'd be so cool to make a show with Brett and Nick, or if you have an idea for a Where There's Smoke episode, stick around after the show, because we've got a very special announcement. And I also want to mention, hopefully... All of you have listened to Nick's new show, Shame Rules. The first episode has quite a plot twist, I must say. There is actually a brand new episode of Shame Rules available today as well. I know we said every other week, but this week only, because Nick's putting out three in a row to launch the show, there's a new episode out right now. It's on 90s purity culture. So after you listen to this WTS show, go check that out. You got two podcasts to listen to today. All right, let's start the show. So a couple of weeks ago, I'm on a bike ride with my friend Carlos. We were riding from Toronto, west of the city, back to where I live. And we're going through a park. We're on a multi-purpose trail. There's people walking, walking their dogs, bike riders, etc. And there's this woman there who is walking her dog. And as we ride by her, I can hear her muttering something under her breath, almost swearing under her breath. And we keep going. But as we keep riding, I'm registering what she was saying. And I suddenly think to myself... I think she's talking about us. And I turn to Carlos and I'm like, I think, I think she's talking about us. And I stop. And so I turn around. Now, at this point, she's probably about 65 feet behind me. So to talk to her, I have to scream. And so I, I scream and I say, excuse me, are you talking about us? And she's like, illegal, illegal. That's all I really could make out was she was saying something illegal. Now, strewn along the bike path, there is a series of signs. They're relatively new. They look like they were put up by a local neighborhood association. And they're all basically asking bike riders to not go faster than 20 kilometers an hour. Now, we were not going faster than 20 kilometers an hour, but I'm thinking to myself, okay, illegal. She's upset because she thinks we were going too fast. So I scream back to her again and I say, ma'am, we weren't going 20 kilometers an hour. She sort of, again, I can't make out what she's saying. So I repeat myself. I say, we weren't speeding. We were not going 20 kilometers an hour. At that point, I hear another voice coming from in front of me. And there's a guy there. He's on a bike as well, but he's stopped. He's actually facing the other way. So he's going to be riding towards this woman in a second. He says, she's, she's not saying you were going fast. She's saying you shouldn't be on the trail. So now I'm like, what? <laughs> what? I mean, it's literally, it is called the Great Lakes Trail. It is literally a multi-purpose trail. It's for bikes, it's for walking, it's for jogging. This woman is actually standing underneath a sign that labels the trail that has a picture of someone walking and a picture of a bike. And so it, now my sarcasm sort of kicks in, right? So now I scream back to him, it's like, it's a multi-purpose trail. Hey, you, do you see that sign above your head? Look, you see you see that little picture with the, the two wheels? That's a bicycle, right? And at this point, she's still muttering, but she's just started basically walking away. And part of me sort of wanted to go back and talk to her because I was like, what, what, like, what is she talking about? Like, we're, we're allowed to be on this trail, but you know, I was riding my friend Carlos. So I wasn't really sure if he was interested in that conversation and... Ultimately, I just turned around, we got back on our saddles, and we rode off. Now, I've been thinking about that moment on the bike trail for the past few weeks. 
we were already in the midst of discussing different episodes of Where There's Smoke. We were already having conversations about dialogue and how we communicate with each other and how people are reacting these days. And I didn't quite know where this story fit in. I just kept thinking about it. It kept coming up for me. And so maybe part of the exploration of this show is figuring out what that moment on the bike trail has to do with what we're going to talk about here today. Welcome to Where There's Smoke, the show where we explore self-development through the lens of current events, pop culture, and experience. This week, we are talking about talking, debate versus dialogue. We revisit an actual debate. Nick and I both attempt to create some dialogue, and in the end, hope to answer the question, is dialogue dead? My name is Brett Guida. And I'm Nick Jaworski. Let's start the show. Let me say something about why I call them dialogues. And I deliberately want to distance these from the idea of debates. Debates have their place, but debates can encourage the idea that somebody won and somebody lost. Or there are two and only two neat and tidy sides to any issue. And I really do think these are tough issues we're grappling with. They need some ongoing reflection. So it's not about winning or losing in a given evening. It's not about a quick gotcha. It's about ongoing reflection. And we're trying to get that started, uh, not finished in a single evening. That is Tara Smith, professor of philosophy at the University of Texas at Austin, talking about a series of dialogues on free speech they hosted a few years back. But her words also ring true for the space much of the world is in right now. There are a lot of tough issues we are grappling with, and these issues are nuanced and layered. There is not necessarily a right or wrong answer to most of them, and yet it seems like so many times people are operating in these binary absolutes that dictate it can only be this way or this way, and there is no other way. Debate is oppositional. We listen solely to find flaws and counter-arguments, ammunition to fire back. In debate, we defend our assumptions as truth, and we often belittle or diminish the other person with no care to their feelings or relationships. I just think there maybe could be repercussions, yo. I don't care what you think. I don't care about repercussions, and I don't care about the dean. Dialogue is cooperative. We enter it with an open mind. In dialogue, there is no assumption that there is a right answer, let alone who has it. We listen to understand. We allow others' thinking to impact our own and have real concern for the other person, not seeking to alienate or offend. You listen, and you really care about what I have to say. In debate, winning is the goal, and only one person can win. Debate implies a conclusion. I'm right. You're wrong. I won. You lost. In dialogue, a common ground is a goal. It's about growth. It remains open-ended, open to continue to evolve and change. And so in a different way, I'll suggest a more meaningful one. In dialogue, everyone wins. Everybody wins. Boom! 
Now, as Tara Smith said earlier, debates have their place. But one of those places is not in casual conversation. Whether that be over coffee or around the Thanksgiving dinner table or on a Facebook post. Debates are not an organic method of conversation. They are artificial and structured. In a debate, the sides come prepared. They have researched. And I am talking about real research, not anti-masker, I read a headline but not the whole article on Facebook research. They have studied and meticulously analyzed their side of the argument. And as John Ferrer writes in his article, Debate versus Dialogue, How Do They Differ?, They show up as expert scholars ready to destroy each other's worldviews. But a person in everyday life should not have to study for a conversation. In fact, as Farrar suggests in his article, the conversation itself can be the means of learning. Remember, in dialogue, we enter the engagement to learn as much or even more than we do to share. I think I used to be pretty good at getting into dialogue with people, creating space to share and listen and learn and grow. But it feels like something has shifted in the last few years. A lot of things have changed, probably including me, to where it doesn't even feel like dialogue is available anymore. Certainly not online. Instead, we are either just screaming and walking away or engaging in some bastardized form of debate. Something that takes all the aggressive aspects of debate, but forgets to keep any of its rules or civility or the work. It's a bit like dialogue is dead. Which brings us to this. Here's the deal. The fact is that everything he's saying so far is simply a lie. I'm not here to call out his lies. Everybody knows he's a liar. But you I just want to make sure. I I, I, I want to make sure. You graduated last in your class, not first in your class. I I want to make sure. Mr. President, can you let him finish, sir? He doesn't know how to do that. He has, you know, you pick the wrong guy, the wrong night at the wrong time. And here's a Nick hot take for you. This date, which was a big chunk of that is absolutely a big thing. That was the worst part of Obama. This is not a debate. It lacks all of the markers of a debate that we have been talking about. There's no proving that I'm right and you're wrong. There's not even full sentences, let alone full, complete arguments. Before we dive into the rest of this episode, I do feel like it's important to just say the thing. That's been a mantra of mine recently. Just say the thing. Don't explain, don't hide, don't deflect, don't excuse. Just say the thing that you believe and think and feel. So with that in mind, the thing that's happening here is Donald Trump did not want to debate. If he did, he would have done the work of listening, hearing an argument, and then countering that argument with facts and ideas. But that's not what he did. Instead, we got this. To say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. So what, what, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. If Donald Trump actually thought that he could win an actual debate, 
then he would just do the debate. I mean, just like imagine you're given 90 minutes to talk to the entire planet about what you've done and what you want to do to make this world a better place. And instead of sharing your record or sharing some amazing ideas that you're really passionate about, you do this. President Trump, you I'm go first. I'm urging my supporters to go into the polls and watch very carefully because that's what has to happen. I am urging them to do it. As you know, today there was a big problem. In Philadelphia, they went in to watch. They were called poll watchers, a very safe, very nice thing. They were thrown out. They weren't allowed to watch. You know why? Because bad things happen in Philadelphia. Bad things. And I am urging... It's disgusting. It's disrespectful. And it's tragic. And this is a little off topic, but I just want to be on the record to highlight just how disinterested Trump is in debating. So right here... Joe Biden is referencing a series of reports that stated that Donald Trump has called members of the military suckers and losers. Now, Donald Trump could actually engage in this topic. It's so easy. He could say, I never said that. We have the finest military in the world. They keep us safe. They're heroes. It's just like a layup question. But no. What does Donald Trump say? The way you talk about the military, the way you talk about them being losers and being and, 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 and just being suckers. My son was in Iraq. He spent a year there. He got the, he got the Bronze Star. He got the Conspicuous Service Medal. He was not a loser. He was a patriot. And the people left behind oh, there really? were heroes. Really? And I resent Are you talking like about hell. Hunter? Are you talking about I'm Hunter? talking about my son, Bo Biden. You're talking I don't about know. I don't know, Bo. I know Hunter. Yeah, Hunter, you know got thrown, Hunter got thrown out of the military. He was thrown out, dishonorably discharged. That's not true. It wasn't dishonorably. cocaine use. And he didn't have a job until you became vice president. Once you None became of that vice president, he made a fortune in Ukraine, in China, in Moscow, that is simply and various not other places. true. He made my a son, fortune, my son, and he didn't have a job. My son, like a lot of people, like a lot of people we know at home, had a drug problem. He's overtaken it. He's 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 fixed it. He's worked on it, and I'm proud of him. But why I'm was he given tens son. of millions? All right, of but he wasn't given right, tens of millions. Two things. Number one, Joe Biden's direct-to-camera response about how proud he is of his son is breathtaking to me. My eyes watered when I heard it. It's just so compassionate and so loving and so real. And I feel like we're not talking about that enough. But secondly, Trump isn't interested in arguing these points because he can't. And I truly, this is a sincere invitation to our listeners. I would love to talk with somebody who disagrees with what I'm saying. You can come on the show and I am ready to hear about how Donald Trump's own actions reflect a person who is actually interested in having an actual debate. Recently, I saw a post online from an acquaintance on Facebook that just drove me insane. It's sort of a long story, and I'm not actually going to name him, but it doesn't really matter. But do you know those signs, the, the we believe signs? They say, we believe black lives matter. No human is illegal. Love is love. Women's rights are human rights. Science is real. Water is life. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And now to me, these are simplistic, mostly catchy, and not particularly controversial slogans. But this person wrote a lengthy post where he said, quote, people can believe whatever nonsense they want, 
but we know what the narratives are and some are wise enough to see through it. And it drove me crazy because he just wasn't saying the thing. You know, it's not about the sign. It's not about how these ideas are, are there. I mean, he, he lays out all of the problems with, well, I wouldn't say this, I wouldn't say that. It's because you don't like the ideas. That's the thing. Say the thing. <laughs> and so I just messaged him on Facebook and asked if we could talk about it. The whole point of it was, yes, it stirred up um, thoughts, but it was because I found the the sign itself so ludicrous. Not the And look, we talked for a long time, and it was really nice to talk to somebody who I don't necessarily agree with on everything. And, uh, you know, I'm so appreciative of his time. And I wish that I could tell you that we left that conversation having moved forward and understanding each other, but I, I don't... I don't know if that's what really happened, but it was it was a nice thought. It was a nice thought, Nick. I mean, such a nice thought that I decided to do the same. I shared with you that I had seen this post on Facebook from a woman I know named Bev that I just couldn't wrap my head around. And in the spirit of this episode, you encouraged me to give her a call and have a dialogue. Now, her post had several opinions in it that I do not agree with and have strong emotions around. A few of them were, there is no white privilege. We all have the exact same American privilege. Facebook only censors conservatives, not liberals. And COVID-19 is real, but it is being used to gauge just how much of our freedom they can take away blindly and willingly, hence the term hoax. But I did not reach out to Bev to debate the individual opinions she shared. I was interested in what her intention was with the post, what inspired her to post it, and what she believed it would create. And much like you did, Nick, we had a very pleasant conversation. She gave me insight into her thinking. We talked quite a bit about the idea of dialogue. But afterward... I felt similar to what you did, like we hadn't accomplished much. Fortunately, that is not the end of the story, because Bev and I talked again. So, six days after Bev and I spoke the first time, I posted the presidential debate sketch from SNL on my Facebook page. Can I say one thing? Am I allowed to say one thing? Yes, Mr. President. What we need in this country is law and order. When someone breaks the rules, they need to face the consequences. No exceptions. Okay, what about your taxes? There have to be exceptions, Chris. And lo and behold, Bev left a comment. It reads, Hum, maybe I don't know you as well as I thought I did. Surprised. We don't come into Canada and expect special rights. I'd never mock your country's leaders. Wow. Really surprised at your character. Tear-faced emoji. Now I happen to check this first thing in the morning. And I'm thinking, really? Like, I need this on a Monday morning? My character? Because I posted a comedy sketch? And what does this even mean? I mean, I was born in Canada... But I'm an American citizen. I lived there for 19 years. I vote. America is my country, too. So I'm not going to lie. I thought about reacting and commenting back. But I didn't. 
I sat on it for a few hours, and then I remembered something. Wait, Bev and I have this thing now. We are in a dialogue. I mean, that's our thing now. And a dialogue is open-ended. I'm going to call her. And so I did. And I asked, what about my post upset her to the point that she attacked my character? One of the things that it provoked in me is, you know, as I watch these people from all over come into our country and then try to change what's happening in our country instead of coming here for the, the values that we have and that we've stood for as Americans. But what, what, but people, what, what, okay, but how did you get that from the, from the, from the skit? Well, because those are our, that's our president. Yeah. And. But those are, that, that skits, but those are Americans. Right. Right. So it's not like those are Americans talking They're, about America. But right. But then you're from Canada. But I'm American. Well, now you got me. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't trying to get you. It's just a fact. <laughs> now, I want to give Bev credit because she is willing to look at herself and do the work. And she came into this conversation clearly having already spent time asking herself what her intention was in leaving the comment she left. And I just, in the moment, just had a reaction to that. Okay. That wasn't responsible for my reaction. I should have just moved on. (laughs) And then I noticed if it's something that I wouldn't do, then I make it wrong. Well, what I noticed was, again, about social media... It makes me lazy in dialogue. Hmm. That's one of the things that came to mind was that, well, isn't that interesting? I can just say something, leave it, bye-bye, go away, you know, and not deal with in a dialogue. I actually find this story to be incredible. Do I agree with what Bev said on Facebook? Hell no. But I'm really impressed that she seems to have owned up to her part in the ways that we communicate with each other online. And specifically, I find that silence after you tell her that you're American to just be amazing. And it took both of you to make it happen. You had to be disciplined enough to just tell her a fact and let it sit there. And then she had to take all of that in and acknowledge that the very premise of her comment was faulty. And all of you out there, I want you to just take a second and think about how often you see this sort of interaction play out. I agree, Nick. And then the call ended this way. Well, um, thank you, Brett. Yeah, you as well. I appreciate it. And you know what? This um, conversation definitely has made a difference. And I'm so glad that you called me. That it didn't just like, well, that's going to go away. Yeah. Me too. I, I hate that. I, I hate that feeling. So, so thank you for chatting. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be talking. Okay. Enjoy All right. Your take care. Bye. <laughs> hmm. Maybe dialogue isn't dead. It's only sleeping.
which somehow brings us back to the bike path. After we'd been back and forth on this script, it occurred to me that the bike story from the top of the show, the story where I'm yelling at a stranger from 75 feet away because I know I'm right, is kind of the same thing that Bev did when she commented on my Facebook post. She felt all of these feelings and just left them there for me to deal with. Why was it so important for her to type that out? Why was it so important to me for the lady on the bike path to know that she's wrong and that I'm right? Okay, and before we're done here today, I just feel like it's worth mentioning that you are never going to shame or yell someone into agreeing with you, no matter the distance, no matter how right you feel, no matter the medium. That's just never going to be the solution. But we all do it. In our own ways, we, we do the shouting, the interrupting, the nonsense that we saw on display from Donald Trump. But unlike President Trump, Bev is able to say, I don't want to be this. I am better than this. And in a world of just constant insanity, I find that to be encouraging. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't fight for the things that you believe in. You definitely should. There is a lot to fight about and over. But if you want to get what you want, then we have to enter into these situations thinking, what will get us the thing that we want? And so maybe that's where I have to turn my looking glass inward and ask myself, what can I do? Maybe it's not all their fault. Maybe I have to be more willing to see if they are more willing. Like calling Bev. Twice. And so, while it seems that dialogue is not available anymore, not available is very different than dead. And as long as just one of us decides to do something different today, to take a deep breath and use the moment to be a spark for dialogue, well then dialogue is not dead. We want to play one more bit of audio for you. Just as we were finishing the show, my friend Paula put up a Facebook post about an experience she had had that morning. And so I gave her a call and had her share that experience with me so I could share it with all of you. Now, we're not saying this is it, that it has all the answers, but we think that this is a thing to behold. It seems like a miracle, but it also shows us these connections we're talking about are possible. You just have to do the work. It was kind of crazy. So um, I'm in the, the drive-thru and just sitting in my car. And then uh, this guy gets out of his car. He's behind me. And he comes out to my window. And I'm like, okay, I think I'm, I'm in a public space. It's okay. He must probably just be asking for directions. So I roll down my window and uh, look at him, give him a smile, and he just goes into berating me. I mean, he's just going at me, saying some choice words, and then I cut him off in the line and just kind of looking at him and processing what happened. And I mean, I had no idea what was happening. And then I just looked at him and, uh, and I was thinking, you know, based on my profession and what I do, I, 
I'm kind of faced with this all the time with little kids having uh, little temper tantrums. I'm looking at this adult man and I'm thinking, okay, it's just like a little kid at school. You got this. You got this. I've been, I've been called worse. Right. So I just took a deep breath and I said, all right. Um, I'm really sorry. Uh, I said, I know that can kind of be frustrating and I would like to be butted in in a line. I'm really sorry. I said, can I buy you a coffee today? And then he just kind of stopped. He didn't have anything else to say. He was kind of looking at me and he took a second. He said, um, I'm being an asshole, aren't I? And I said, no, you just, you were just frustrated. You were in the moment. You were just expressing yourself. And uh, maybe you made a poor choice in how you handled it, but we can make this a great day. He said, okay. So he went back to his car. He got a Timmy's car and he handed it to me and he said, it's enough to buy you a coffee. So and I said, thanks. And I just accepted it, gave him a nice smile and off he went. And I felt pretty good about what happened. And I, and I think he did too. Well, and I was surprised by the feedback. Like, I, there's like 253 people engaged with 70 women. It's like... I think people are starving for kindness, right? In the midst of everything, they they want to believe in this kindness and ability to just be nice to each other. We need it. Hey, Explorers, it's Brett. I mentioned at the beginning of the show we had a special announcement, and this is that announcement. I'm going to do my best to keep it short and sweet, but I want you to know, even though I'm going to try to keep this message pretty short, the implications of it are huge. So we want to pass the mic at where there's smoke. What does that mean? That means we want to give someone out there an opportunity to make a where there's smoke episode. Do you have an idea, a concept, something you've been thinking about? Maybe I'll just plant this seed and tomorrow something will happen in the zeitgeist and you'll go, oh my God, that would make an amazing Where the Smoke episode. Are you creative? Are you a writer? Are you a speaker? Or do you want to be a writer? Do you want to be a speaker? Would you love to make an episode of Where the Smoke and work with Nick and I to collaborate with you and help you shape it? And obviously Nick's going to work his audio magic. We want to do that with someone out there. And I say this could have big implications because honestly, in the big, big, Big picture. We would love a world where we are working with multiple people on Where There's Smoke episodes. Maybe a world where there's a third person with Nick and I that collaborates on episodes. And since Radiolab just stole Lulu Miller from us, maybe it's you. So we want to hear from you. You should know our email by now. It's connect at where there's smoke.co. Again, connect at where there's smoke.co. First and foremost, reach out to us and say, I'm interested. If you want to pitch us an idea for a show, great. But you don't need to have an entire pitch right now. Just tell us why you want to work with us. Tell us why you think you'd be a great person to work with. Tell us why you think you'd make a great addition to the Where There's Smoke universe. Tell us something that's going to make us say, whoa, hey, okay, I want to talk to you because ultimately, 
Eventually, your emails are going to lead to a dialogue. See what I did there? And we'll see where we go next from there. So again, we're looking to expand the universe here. We want to pass the mic. Email us at connect at where there's smoke. We're very excited about where this could all go. Welcome to the credits. So we don't mention this too much, but since we're talking about creating dialogue, you can open one with us. On our website, wherethersmoke.co, you can leave us a voicemail. Just scroll down on the homepage and click on the start recording button, just like this. Hey, Brett. Hey, Nick. This is Molly from Long Island, and I just wanted to leave a message telling you guys how much I appreciate the content that you put out and how much of an impact it's had on my daily life. I uh, found you guys a couple months ago and you've really helped me through this time and through the pandemic. Now Molly continued to share a challenge in that voicemail that I think would make a great show topic. And now we're scheduled to talk next week. Another dialogue on the books. Who's next? Shout outs to Brittany McDonough and Lynn for sharing our last episode on their Instagram stories. If you love this show or any of our shows, please share them online. The signal boost from you can make a huge difference. You can find and follow Where There's Smoke on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We are at ExploreWTS on all three platforms. You can find our website with complete show notes that include links to videos, articles, and books referenced in every show at wheretheresmoke.co. For this episode, I would like to thank all three of our guests for having a dialogue with us and allowing us to share the experience for all of our growth. Our theme song was written and recorded by Des McKinney, remixed by Nick, and I will hand it to Nick to credit the music in this show. Music this week comes from Blue Dot Sessions and, he's back, Kevin McLeod. Where There's Smoke is a dialogue, conversation, discourse, discussion, exchange, chat, colloquy, repartee, rap session between you, the listener, and us, the creators, a.k.a. Brett Gaida and Nick Jaworski. We wish you all a future of much dialogue and much less debate. All right, Alderman, I didn't come here to argue with you. Oh, yes, you did. We're having a debate. A debate ain't nothing but an argument. <laughs> a debate isn't the same thing as an argument. Oh, yes, it is. No, it isn't. Oh, yes, it is. No, it isn't. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. No, it isn't. I know you are, but what am I? 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 Thanks for listening. We love you. We'll see you next time.